Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. I am your host, Philip Denner, here with the president and founder of Alliant Leadership, Joe Denner. Uh, Joe, thanks for being back with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great and uh, feeling ready to talk about this topic. Well, great. I am very excited, and I'm sure our audience is very excited to hear what you have to say to us today. So I'm going to dive right in here, talking about your book, 10 Ways to Get More of What You Want. Joe, tell us a little bit. um, Just start off by telling us what prompted you to write this book. Sure. Well, a while back, I I reached out to my clients. I decided to do a, a bit of a survey. I surveyed my clients and actually reached out to quite a few other business leaders that I know as well. I asked them a series of questions, and one of the questions was this. What is the biggest challenge or frustration that you face as a leader? Uh, Over 90% of them said their biggest challenge in leadership right now is that they don't have enough time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to put together a short book that would, you know, give leaders some tools and handles to grab onto that would help them get more out of their time, um, more of what they want, which is what, you know, my tagline is all about. So uh, also, I uh, interestingly, I just put out a, a blog post a few weeks ago on the five best things to do when you don't have enough time. Uh, It has definitely been one of the most read and shared uh, posts on my blog. Uh, So this is a huge issue uh, for a lot of leaders today. So that's really what was the genesis behind this book, 10 Ways to Get More of What You Want, was this crying need to uh, try to help leaders who feel like they don't uh, get enough of what they want because they don't have enough time. Yeah, and I would say that this topic is not just for leaders, though. I think that this topic could cover almost everyone because everyone is in situations where they don't feel like they have enough time, whether you're a college student, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, whether you're running your business, uh, as you've said, in in these leadership uh, cases. So I think this is definitely something that could be very, very helpful to uh, just about anyone. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, uh, you and I have had these kinds of conversations. I've had these conversations with uh, my wife and and quite a few of my older children that are in college, and and this is uh, no doubt, no doubt, an issue that is uh, facing everyone today. Yeah, definitely. Now, what components of your book do you feel have the most importance or the most value to a struggling manager or business owner? Is there a certain part of the book that you would point them directly to, or does every piece play a key role? Well, that really depends, and that's one of my, you know, the favorite answers. It depends, uh, but it really does. It depends on where they're struggling. Uh, so maybe I can just do kind of a quick overview, a quick quick walk through the flow of the book, and, and that'll give folks uh, a better idea of maybe what would meet them where they are. All right, great. Um, the first chapter talks about the, the big picture, that 30 to 50,000 foot view. And, and in my opinion, this is a critical place to start, especially if you lack clarity in that area. Um, I would say a lot of people are really struggling because they're not living intentionally. Uh, they're being carried along by the current and not intentionally moving toward a, a fixed point that they have determined. And that's 
really what this first chapter is all about is clarifying your your personal uh, or even business uh, vision, um, mission, and the the core values that that are related to that. Um, then in in chapters two to four, we we dive a little deeper, maybe down to the five to ten thousand foot level, and we talk about things like setting goals and how to do that effectively. Uh, we talk about doing a quarterly review and planning a process that that helps us to stay on target and to make uh, course corrections as we go through each year. And then finally, in that area, we talk about the importance of weekly planning and and review. And then in, in chapters five to seven, we get down to the nuts and bolts and talk about daily time and, and task management. We talk about some of the tools and methodologies that I have just, you know, come across that have really incorporated into my work life and my work approach that I think will benefit uh, benefit the audience. And then uh, the last three chapters, uh, verse, chapters eight through 10, well, we come at this topic of productivity and time management from a bit of a different angle and, and look at the importance of managing our energy. Uh, one of the chapters delves into the four areas of energy uh, that we need to be intentional about managing. And then the last two chapters deal with exercise and eating habits and how they impact our energy. So. Depending on where a person is, is struggling, um, can can certainly lead them to a different area of the book to start. But but there's definitely a flow from that you know thirty to fifty thousand foot all the way down uh, to the to the very ground level of of day to day task management. All right, wow, so many different pieces uh, that could be coming into play for different managers and mm-hmm. leaders depending on their situation. So there really is kind of a, a piece for everyone depending on where you are certainly absolutely that's that is just that's so helpful i think that uh, i would stress again this is such a great book um, whether you're starting from that fifty thousand uh, foot view looking at that overview of of saving time or if if there's more detailed pieces that you need this book is definitely something you want to read and you can get this book for free as a gift if you uh, sign up for Joe's email list at joedenner.com. I would encourage you to definitely go there if you have not had the chance already. And uh, I really, really encourage you that th- that this book would be uh, very, very helpful to you. So Yeah, let me, let me point out one other thing. The reason that it's entitled 10 Ways to Get More of What You Want uh, is because really that is what is ultimately at stake, in my opinion. When we talk about productivity, we talk about time management, there's got to be something behind that. There's a so that uh, when it comes to managing those kinds of things. It's not just so that we can be more efficient. It's so that ultimately we truly can get more of what we want and less of what we don't. And if we're intentional about that all the way from the 30,000 foot level all the way down and through the the stream and process to the day-to-day nuts and bolts, uh, I think we can find that we're living life on purpose, we're living life with intentionality, and that brings a a much higher level of enthusiasm and fulfillment. And that's what I'm trying to help my, my clients and my audience with more than anything else. All right. Now, since starting your business, do you find that your clients tend to struggle more with having a vision of what they want, but lacking the steps to get there? Or do you find it's the opposite of that? 
Well, I'll say this. I work a lot with small business owners. That's a, a, a niche that I've kind of gotten into and that I absolutely love. Uh, working with very entrepreneurial-minded individuals is, is a lot of fun. And I would say that most of them probably have a good idea of what they want, but I will just say this, they need a much greater level of clarity. Uh, so I think they more struggle on the, the execution side in terms of how to get there, but we almost always uh, start off uh, by talking about what it is that they want and getting a super, what I like to call, laser-focused clarity around the, the end outcomes that are super important to them. Okay. Um, so I would say they most, mostly struggle with the, you know, walking it out over, over a long period of time. Um, and that's, that's something that uh, I would say is pretty consistent. Um, and while we're on that, while we're on that topic, I did want to say one thing uh, about vision. Um, I think one of the things that happens is that when we are trying to create our vision, is we make a fundamental mistake, and that is we start by looking at where we are, and then we try to extrapolate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, we try to start where we are, and then kind of plot out the path of where we think we can get to. And I mm. would like to just emphatically say that I believe that's a fundamental error. Um, I think what's important is that we certainly we can't be unrealistic. We need to know where we are, and that's important. But in the envisioning process, it's even more important to kind of throw off the, the barriers and the limitations of where we are today and this idea of extrapolation and rather stop and begin to dream. Yeah. And, and begin to envision, like, what what would I really want if, you know, one of the questions I often ask my clients when they get stuck is, hey, if, if time and money were not a factor, how would you answer this question? And, and that really helps people sometimes put aside those uh, self-limiting beliefs, some of those uh, areas and factors, which obviously time and money are very common ones. Uh, that really limit their ability to see clearly what they want. And, and so I think it's important. I think it's super important to envision and to dream uh, and to, to really get clarity around what you want. And so rather than extrapolation, stop and dream. That, that's, I think, a point I would really want to emphasize when we talk about vision. Yeah, definitely. And I remember reading an article on Forbes.com, I believe mm -hmm. is what it was, uh, by Linda Ray. And she said, starting a project without clear objectives, specific directions, and a pre prepared plan of action is like starting out on a road trip with no idea where, where you're going or how to get there. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that is a yeah. great definition and something that I've even kind of lived by myself is just the, the the fact that undefined goals are simply wishes we dream will eventually come true. But, mm. you know, if we don't know where we're going, how are we going to get there? Yeah. And, you know, what's really interesting about that is that I see this play itself out, not just in this kind of long range uh, vision conversation. 
I see this when it comes down to planning meetings. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, I, different clients that I have that I work with do these quarterly uh, face-to-faces or quarterly off-sites uh, with their team. And oftentimes, we'll sit down and we'll begin to do some pre-planning. And I will ask the question, what are you hoping to accomplish in this meeting? And what mm. almost always happens is they immediately dive in to trying to set agenda topics. You know, they, we want to discuss this report. We want to talk about this marketing plan. And, and there's all this stuff about what we're going to do in the meeting. And I have to, I have to tell them, hey, I, we need to hit the pause button yeah. and take a step back and, and answer the first question that I asked. And that's, <laughs> what do you want to accomplish in this meeting? Because the agenda we put together needs to serve the purpose. The agenda we put together should get us moving down the road. And, and so when it comes to meeting planning, it's really the same idea. Start with the end in mind. Just like Stephen Covey said many, many years ago in his um, now very famous book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Start with the end in mind. And then, then we can build the track and the road uh, to get there. So this happens not just with long-range planning, but mm-hmm. sometimes just even planning a meeting. Yeah, it's just it's so easy to get bogged down in those details oh, yeah. and lose sight of the vision. And I, that's why you are telling us here that just that vision is so important to know exactly where uh, you want to go. So Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the book itself. Uh, I read the book and a few things that I noticed over chapters two through four especially, uh, you really focus on that time management, planning, and review, uh, which I think is something that most business owners would look at and and not in agreement. But I think the thing that interested me the most was the last few chapters where you really dove into Mm -hmm. discussing managing your energy levels through exercise and good eating habits. So my question would be, how did you discover the importance of this? Uh, And give us a little insight into the results you've seen as a product uh, of these practices. Okay. Great. Well, uh, uh, boy, almost a year ago now, I came across a book called The Power of Full Engagement. And... I believe the authors are Tony Schwartz and uh, Jim Lair, and uh, you can uh, you can check my blog, and I, I definitely ref- refer to the book. Um, and and what was interesting about it is that their entire book is that is based on the premise that managing our energy, not our time, is the greatest opportunity that we have to be more productive. That really that came out of left field for me. I'm all about the tools and the tips and the handles and the grips and mm-hmm. the hacks, uh, you know, in terms of managing time and tasks. And so this book really, really struck me, and and it took hold right away. And I began to experiment uh, with these topics and basically they talk about four different areas uh, of energy Uh, physical which is the obvious one for most of us but also emotional mental and spiritual and and when they talk about spiritual they're talking about things like the setting of goals and a clear mission and vision that that's what they mean by that and they talk about the importance of managing all four of those areas of energy and what an enormous difference it can make for your productivity. They've worked a lot with professional athletes, uh, Olympic athletes, 
um, professional tennis players. Mm. But then they they moved into the realm of business and began to take these principles of the importance of stress and recovery, uh, and they brought it into the business world and found that the principles were just as applicable, you know, very, very transferable from the athletic world into the Mm. business world, kind of the... Uh, this this you know world that we live in now that's a lot about thought and and intellect um, more than just uh, producing widgets. Um, so I began to I began to implement some of these things. I began to get up earlier. I uh, began to take uh, naps here and there. I began to really watch what I was eating. I, I the biggest thing I did was really really cut back on the amount of sugar intake. Um, and I noticed almost immediate positive effects uh, from this. And, and so I have uh, done my best to continue those things and, and explore how I can continue to, to manage my energy better. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. I think that, like you said, in the sports industry, people think about that a lot more uh, where they're really trying to take care of their bodies. Mm-hmm. But in a business world, we, we don't think about that as much. And we're so focused on the tasks at hand uh, that we forget about our bodies and the yeah. fact that without a healthy body, we aren't going to be able to accomplish as much as we'd like to. So, right. And again, it's not just the body. Uh, you know, We live in this knowledge work world now. And so people are sitting at desks and they are you know, using their minds more than their bodies to produce their income and, and to serve their, their clients. And, and so they don't think about the body. But the other thing is they aren't thinking about the emotional energy and the toll, especially for leaders. And, and I'll just, I don't want to go too far off on a rabbit trail here, but the point I want to make is that uh, one of the things I run into with the leaders that I work with is that they are allowing team members to steal and to drain them of a lot more mental and emotional energy than they should ever allow them to do mm-hmm. um, because of the difficulties, because of the troubles. And, and oftentimes they, they may feel like they, they, cannot, um, they cannot terminate this individual. They can't. Uh, do that for a variety of reasons, and they really don't understand the emotional and mental toll that it is taking on them. And once we bring that out and we begin to talk about that, uh, they see it right away, and they see the importance of, of taking steps to remedy that. And, and so it's not just physical. The physical is hugely important, and I don't think enough of us are taking that uh, in, into consideration. But it's really important that we move well beyond just the physical into the emotional and mental as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, sleep, just like you mentioned, Oh yeah, getting better hours of sleep. I can say from personal experience, you know, I've been in situations where, you know, I wasn't getting the sleep that I needed. And mentally, it was just so stressful. Uh, my last year of school, that was, that was the case for me. And it mm-hmm. really, really took a toll on me. Uh, my sleep pattern due to my job and and I can see even from the short amount of time that I've corrected that um, how much better I feel mentally uh, as well as physically yeah. so and the other thing is uh, is, is that you and I have been experimenting with these standing desks um, yeah. and and they're actually not standing desks they're <laughs> what we've come up with to, to serve as a standing desk yeah makeshift 
And and uh, I'll tell you, I love it. I absolutely love being on my feet, uh, working the majority of the day rather than sitting behind a desk. And and so these are some of the things that you'll find out about in the book and some of the things yeah. that I'll probably be writing about on the blog. Well, great. Now, I'd love to hear a little more about the products you mentioned uh, in chapters five to seven. You mentioned the book Getting Things Done and then a couple uh, of actual products, Nosebee and Evernote that you use. Can you give us a little overview of those products and how they could help a business owner? Sure. I will, I will start with Getting Things Done because that's not so much a product. I mean, unless you talk about the book. Uh, there's a book written by David Allen came out many, many years ago now um, called Getting Things Done, and it is a methodology, and I would even call it a philosophy, because even if you don't like the the tools and the handles that David Allen gives you in his Getting Things Done methodology, the philosophy that he brings, I just believe, is enormously helpful. The way that he has defined the way the human brain handles input, the way the human brain manages information and data and tasks, uh, I think is just enormously helpful. There's no way we can get into it enough here, but just suffice it to say, I think probably one of the main things that I took away from the book, although, by the way, I love all the tools. I love the process. I love the map that he lays out for how to manage tasks and, and information and such. But the bigger thing for me is this concept called next actions. And, and I'll try to succinctly define it this way. Uh, often we encounter uh, what we might refer to as a small project, uh, like put together a proposal. And I actually, I think I use this example in the book. Mm -hmm. um, and so we may write down our task list, uh, put together a proposal for ABC company. And what we forget is that there are actually a number of subtasks uh, that come underneath that. There are all these steps that go into putting together a proposal. Now, we don't necessarily want to, to write down and document each and every one of these steps, but the most important thing is to identify what is the next action. Very specifically, the more specifically we define our to-do items, the more specifically we define our tasks, the more productive we will be because our brain will process that information, whether it's coming to us from our computer screen or from a mobile device or even from a written list, our brains will process that and we will get active and, and be much more productive uh, much more quickly if we do a better job. So I talk about that more in the book and, and that's, I think, just a huge topic. But um, really getting things done is a huge um, tool. It's a, it's a system of how to take all of the input that comes at us, all the things that we need to do, and all the information that comes at us in a variety of mediums and from a variety of sources, and gives us what I consider to be a completely closed loop system as to how to handle that. So um, I love it. I'm, I know a lot of people that love GTD, and there are products that have been developed around GTD, and we're mm. going to talk about one of those here in just a minute. But does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. You know? um, so that's the methodology or the, the philosophy. And But uh, the couple of the tools that you referenced were uh, Evernote and Nosebee. 
Um, Evernote is uh, by far my favorite. Uh, I just, I, at this point in time, I'm not sure how I would manage without Evernote. Um, and I will just um, sum it up by saying that Evernote is uh, a wonderful, flexor, flexible, powerful, and robust electronic filing cabinet. Um, it is a place where you can store uh, notes and files and recordings and pictures, and you can do so in such a way uh, that it's incredibly easy to find things. We don't have time to go into their search engine and how it all works, but uh, it's an amazing program that I have come to depend upon uh, enormously in my work and in my personal life uh, as well, and pretty much... I don't keep paper anymore. I, I scan it into a PDF and I store it uh, in Evernote. I forward emails into Evernote. And uh, boy, it's just an enormous, like I said, electronic filing cabinet. And it's amazing how easy it is to find things uh, inside Evernote. So I don't know, Phil, does that help? Is there anything yeah, no. specific that you'd like to know more about it? No, I think that's very helpful. Just uh, as a tool to instead of digging through piles of papers and filing cabinets and, and having a hard time finding things, this is uh, a tool that makes it very easy to find things quickly, uh, to store things in a very organized uh, fashion, yeah. and just very, very helpful, especially with the amount of information managers and business owners have. Uh, this is just such such a great tool. Um, that, well, let me give you used. just a couple of silly examples. Um, I've actually taken pictures of all my license plates and, and put it into a note in Evernote. So now anytime we stop at a hotel when we're traveling and, and they, you know, you need to write down your license plate number, boom, I pull up the note and, and I've got it on, on the paper immediately. Uh, I know uh, another gentleman, uh, one of the leaders that I follow on the web, um, he's actually created a note with all of his medical history. So now anytime he goes to a new doctor, uh, huh. rather than having to sit there in the waiting room, you know, filling out all this paperwork, he just emails them this note and it's got everything wow. in it. Yeah, it's really it's really amazing and it's uh, really neat what kinds of uh, creative and helpful things that you can do uh, with Evernote. So there's just a couple ideas. Yeah, definitely. I, it's like you said, just so many different uh, ways that this product can be used. So yeah. now just real quick, um, as we are coming to the end of our time, just mm -hmm. give us a little bit uh, about Nosebe. I've used it myself. We use it with your business. Uh, just give people just a quick snapshot of of how that yeah, can be sure. also be helpful. Uh, this is really nuts and bolts. Uh, Nosebe is a, a nice little software tool that's been put out uh, that really follows the GTD methodology. It's really uh, just a very nice tool uh, that follows that methodology. So if you like GTD and you like the concepts inside of GTD, uh, it's just a great thing. And the nice part about it is that it integrates with Evernote. Uh, it integrates with Google Calendar. It integrates with Dropbox and Box. And, and so it's uh, a wonderful tool that allows you to um, store your tasks. Uh, again, we don't have time to go into it all, but it's a fabulous little tool. And the reason I love Evernote and Nosby is because they work great together. They really integrate well, and they can be used and sync across all 
all of your devices, whether you're on a Windows platform or whether you're on a Mac, uh, whether you've got a phone, a tablet, an iPad, a laptop, a desktop, whatever, you can sync uh, across all your devices and have access wow. to the information uh, anywhere, anytime, as long as you're connected. And in some cases, you can even download the information right onto your device. So it's uh, they're both uh, great tools and, and serve uh, well, whether you use the GTD, GTD methodology or not, quite frankly. Wow, those products sound so helpful. If any of our listeners are interested in finding out more about these products, I would encourage you uh, to check them out at Joe's website, joedenner.com. Click the drop-down service button on the type, top right of the page and click on products and tools, and you can find links to both Nosby and Evernote, as well as the book Getting Things Done There, along with lots of other helpful products Joe has found helpful. And as we bring this second episode to a finish, I would like to urge all our listeners to go to joedenner.com, subscribe to his blog so you can get that ebook, 10 Ways to Get More of What You Want, as a free gift. It has so much helpful information that uh, I know you all will appreciate. And with that... We are all out of time. We want to thank Joe for taking his time out today sure, to discuss his book and give us some great advice on ways uh, to get what we want. Be sure to check out our next podcast, which will be airing November 4th, where we will discuss the seven mistakes companies make when hiring. I believe this will be a topic that is uh, very, very helpful to leaders and managers out yeah, there. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, Joe, I know that you have done a lot of work with companies, with hiring, and I know this topic will generate some great insight for managers and leaders out there. Well, thank you again, all of you, for tuning in today. I am your host, Philip Denner, inviting you to join us next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. Tomorrow.